0: Welcome to another episode of Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship. I am Arielle Shaw, founder and president of Southern Crescent Women in Business. We are a conglomerate of women in business and women-owned businesses in the Southern Crescent region and beyond. Welcome, Ms. Atanya Jean Funny. We're so excited to have you today. Hi. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Miss Arya Shaw. <laughs> Absolutely. So, tell everyone who is Miss Atanya Jean Funny. You have a you have a little nickname. Let's yes. talk, talk about what that is.
1: <laughs> yes, so I am known as the audacious advocate um because I've spent my pretty much whole life making sure that um you know, just trying to improve whatever environment that I'm in. So it takes advocacy. It takes being the one that wants to be on the front lines a lot of times to uh, speak up. You know, I get phone calls. I get text messages. Hey, we, we need this. We need that. You know, as far as, um, People that may not want to speak up and not be able to speak up, but um, God has graced me with that talent, and he's always made sure that um, I'm protected and provided for, so I take it on. Absolutely. Uh, Tanya, tell us a little bit about who you are. So yes, I am uh, originally born in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. I have been in the United States since I was three years old, uh, raised in Florida, North Florida, where my southern accent comes from, um, Haitian father and uh, was raised by an entrepreneur. My dad was the town tailor, so he made clothes, altered clothes, so his name, the name of the business was Gene the Tailor, And they thought we were the tailors, and I was like, "No, our last name is Jean." (laughs) So (laughs) so that was really funny. But yeah, and um, the funny thing about it is that being raised by an entrepreneur, people would ask me, "Was I going to take over that?" I was like, "Absolutely not." (laughs)
0: Oh wow! (laughs) So so (laughs) a lot
1: a lot of hours. Like my dad spent a lot of hours because it was, uh, you know, somewhat of manual labor, like sitting at a machine for long periods of time and um it took away sometimes from family time and uh you know a lot of if I was in a play at school or things like that some of them he would make some of them he couldn't make because he was working um you know to make sure that we ate and had a roof over our head and things like that and um so i was like no i don't want to go in that so i did the exact opposite i went to college for science
0: <laughs> oh okay <laughs> and where did that take you
1: Yeah. so um i received my bachelor's and master's degree in uh biology education um, I have a love of science, and I found out that I could really break it down for people to understand it. And so, 27 years, I was a science teacher. Science. Um, I was also a dean of school, a dean of students, and um, I did that in Florida. I did it for 13 years in New York City awesome experience and there i um got my educational leadership master so i have two master's degrees wow but um <laughs> met met the love of my life in new york and um after we had our babies i was like no they got to be raised in the south <laughs> and that's what brought us back here
0: so you you were raised in the south though, oh, yeah. correct? right yes. so that
1: was where no, Florida. So I was raised in Lake City, Florida. Okay. And uh, attended Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University for my two degrees. So Florida A&M.
0: Yes. <laughs> the Rattlers in the house. Yes. All right. So talk a little bit about where you are now um so you went from education of 27 years what are you doing now so now i am still
1: educating i um now educate the world of medicare which can be very complicated uh life insurance I am not ashamed to say that I went my whole career not knowing that I needed life insurance outside of my job. Wow. So then when I decided to um, transition, um, I was like, oh my gosh. I literally, we, we, my husband and I got our policy from another rattler <laughs> who you know, started schooling me like, So many people didn't know. You know, like when we sign up for all our health benefits and things like that with HR, they don't know or not allowed to like counsel you on what you really need mm. and so I was like no this is an area that I have to go in because I want to counsel other people like myself brought eyed bushy-tailed teachers <laughs> um you know i like I've literally been teaching since I was what 22 years old right and um I just wanted to counsel them like hey we got to do more preparation In our life outside of our career to make sure that everything is whole. So I went into the area of life insurance and um, health insurance. So why do you think,
0: um, you know, why do people need life insurance? Uh, but believe it or not, we're not going to be here forever, and um,
1: it is a and it is a way that other communities have been building generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Like I feel that every um, every generation should not have to start from scratch, and I feel like so many can, can can can
0: can we say amen to that? <laughs> yes. Can we pause on women, wealth, and entrepreneurship and say yes? they should not be starting over yes so how does insurance
1: help with that well now they have so many different avenues that you can take but you know the basic one is um if you pass away well not if when (laughs) um that first of all your family is not going into debt to bury you that's number one that they can actually grieve um properly knowing that the expenses of your burial and all of, those thing, all of those things are taken care of. And then outside of that, you want to, you know, you can leave a little cushion or a bigger cushion so that um, the family that's left have something to start with. You know, like if you own a home, that's why a lot of people um, term insurance is a little is cheaper um, a little more affordable and it covers more but it is for those air er- those times in your life where you maybe have have large debt so you know you and your spouse or you know your significant other owns a home your life insurance policy could possibly pay it off or pay for your kids' college or, you know, just things like that. You know, you, you can never come back. Your family member can never come back, but just being able to say, you know, what they left us in the sound with the sound foundation.
0: You know, my grandmother, um I have one grandmother that was an elected official, served almost thirty years, college, all that stuff. Then I have another grandmother who um what in, in this day and age, I guess, what do you call it? Um, she cleaned, what is that? Domestic worker. Yeah, mm-hmm. She was a domestic worker, but she raised 10 kids, mm-hmm. she and my grandfather. What I found, even with not having a college degree, they were so savvy mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm just so impressed because what I remember and what, what we talk about with my aunts, is in my mom is how she would get these policies on like it's a lot of us <laughs> yeah. it's 10 kids so it's like 60 some grands it's, it's a large family mm-hmm. but certain um grants i know she would get policies on and when she needed to she would cash those policies and so i'm like she even know how to do this stuff and be you know um savvy enough to understand you don't have to worry about trying to get no loan or all this other stuff but using the tools yeah of insurance <laughs> um, back in the day yeah. you know is is something that I think you know I absolutely applaud and I, I would just say I don't think a lot of families especially African American families um, especially today I think we're starting to have that conversation a little bit more mm-hmm. but I mean I applaud her for doing what she did decades and decades ago because she set her family up yeah And um, when
1: you're talking about policies that, you know, will build cash value, you're now looking at the whole life policy. Now we have um, universal life policies that a lot more people want more information about. So you just have to see what your goals are. But, like... For the grandparents oh my gosh we we have a policy that you can pay it off in full in 20 years oh awesome yes yeah, so <laughs> your grandbaby is born by the time they turn 20 you're giving them policies like paid in full and then if they want to add to it later on they can so there's ways for it to be done absolutely um, we just have to prioritize because you know and the government they know like there's certain things they're not going to prioritize <laughs> like, mandatory car insurance mandatory home you know home right. insurance and but we don't make it mandatory to have insurance on our bodies yeah. you know so we definitely need to continue to have conversations on
0: that well i also think it's because it is a way to create wealth it is and they're not going to make that mandatory
1: <laughs>
0: you have a point there all right a point there yes <laughs> so okay we're we're doing insurance mm-hmm you but you're but you're called the audacious advocate Advocate, where does that fit into now like what what uh, so you're advocating for insurance but people are calling you to also speak up yes why are they calling you okay so um
1: when i left new york i left a very strong union (laughs) And unions are good because they protect workers. And as you know, in the South, um, we don't have those types of protections. So while I was uh, teaching, we we have what we call professional organizations here. Um, So while I was teaching, there was just some policies within our school system that was not benefiting the teachers. It wasn't benefiting parents. It wasn't benefiting property owners. And um, I started speaking up at the board me- meetings and things like that. And C- can
0: uh, I can I stop you here yeah. for a second? Uh uh-huh. Where are you getting the boldness and the courage Listen. to speak up? I mean, what what in your life prepared you that?
1: I'm gonna be honest with you, I've always had it. <laughs> I I remember summer camp you know like when you would go away to camp for a week or two weeks i remember this vividly so i remember summer camp going away once and um the camp leaders decided who was going to be the representative for our little cabin and i remember saying to them that's not fair we should vote on who represents us and the other people (laughs) in my in my cabin was like yeah And we changed who was going to represent. That is something. (laughs) So, and I have always been the one that was like, you know, you have the bullies and the people being bullied. Well, I was the one that was like, leave that person alone. So I know for a fact, that this has always been in me. Now I do believe my life experiences has helped to sh- mold and shape me. So definitely going to a historical black college brought that out in me. Living in New York City, they say if you live there for more than 10 years, you can consider yourself a New Yorker. <laughs> So, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Okay, concrete Uh, jungle. (laughs) So, but, um, you know, we all have God-given talents. We have to figure out what they are. And uh, this was mine. And God is protecting me along the way. So, you're advocating. What are you
0: advocating for now?
1: So, now... I have decided that, um, well, not just me, my village, that um, I am going to work on behalf of my county. And so, um, but even before that, so advocating for the school system, I want to do say, though, my unofficial advocacy turned into... An official advocacy, so I was. Okay. So I went from like annoying the superintendent to being hired by the superintendent. Okay. So I do want to say that. Um, So yes. So I just feel like we need a vision for our county. We need ethical people. We need people that's going to stand up morally and also that know the business. Mm-hmm. And since I have been involved so much within my community on school level, on a county level, um, I have put my, my hat in the ring to represent my county as the commissioner for District 3. And what county is that? This is Clayton County in Georgia. All right. When you land in georgia you are landing in clayton county if you take hartsfield airport all right (laughs) a lot of people don't realize
0: that (laughs) although you know i was at a lunch um what was that two days ago and uh the mayor of Atlanta he actually acknowledged it you know he was like half of this is in Clayton County I was like okay I don't think I've ever heard a mayor of Atlanta say that so (laughs) I think they're hearing you guys yes (laughs) yes so Talk about what does that race entail? What does that look like? What um, do those that you want to vote for you, what do they need to know?
1: Well, they need to know that, like I said, I'm a person of um, moral integrity. They need to know that I'm a person that didn't just jump in the race. I have run for um, one other position. And they need to know that you want somebody that's a fighter. You don't want somebody that when they don't get the position, they just go run away and hide. Right. And (laughs) so what I did, I was like, okay, whatever the reason is. I'm going to keep working, so I kept working for for the community. Um, when we had um, our splos, our East SPLOS came up, and uh, we wanted it approved so that we can make some improvements within our school system. I was an advocate for that, going around telling people, presenting at churches, things like that. Um, recently. We um, had a tax exemption for warehouse companies and things like that. We wanted to roll it back a little bit from 100% exemption to 80%. And um, I was one of the biggest ones that was like using my platform to tell our community, even when our commissioners put it on the ballot, and then didn't say anything about it. And our community was very confused of what it was. So I reached back to one of our um, our former tax commissioner, Terry Baskin, was like, can you come on my platform and explain this to our citizens? And we explained it.
0: So <laughs> yeah. <Yeah>, you were... <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So our okay, our <laughs> board of commissioners put this referendum so there, there, goes, the there goes there goes that didn't say anything there goes the educator in yes, you when you, right. you're breaking stuff down mm-hmm. got it
1: Yep, so and then you know things that we can do in our community. I also uh, to this not this past December but the December before when we had those freezing cold temperatures me and other just uh, regular leaders not anyone with positions um, came together and we were able to open up a warming center the first the first overnight warming center during Christmas um, for our homeless population so. Yep. All right. So, so with that being said, I think that I have done a lot of things to um, earn the support of our community to say that I am ready to serve as commissioner for on day one.
0: Absolutely. Well, I do want to allow you to tell people how can we reach you.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. So I am a Tanya Jean Funny. A candidate for commissioner and they can reach me through facebook a funny for the people instagram A jean funny um and also my website aging and
0: quickly um how do you stand out from those that are running against you now oh in a myriad of ways <laughs> first of all
1: um like i said i am a someone that has been working in the community this whole time, didn't just decide yesterday that I wanted to run for this position. Um, I've some, I'm someone that has years of experience when you talk about workforce development and things like that. I do have a vision for our community. I do have a relationship already established with our um, city leaders. So I just met with the mayor of Lovejoy. You know, I already have a relationship. Relationship with the the mayor of Jonesboro, so putting making sure that we are one county. Um, code enforcement knows me. <laughs> um, just just different things within our community. I have a relationship with the leader of the water water authority, so I've been in those circles already and I have a pulse on what's going on in my actual community and they know that they can call me they know that they when they see me I am going to address their needs I have already gone out to communities that are complaining about their the pavement you know just different things so they know they have a worker they know they have um, someone who is going to advocate and put our county first.
0: Absolutely. That's very good. So I commend you on that. Um, Let me ask you this. Um, What is your election?
1: So our election is May 21st is election day. Early voting will start, I think, the last day in April and go
0: throughout May. All right. Well, the audacious advocate, Miss yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Atanya Jean Funny, it has been a pleasure having you on Women Wealth and Entrepreneurship Podcast. Again, I am Arielle Shaw, founder and president of Southern Crescent Women in Business, and this has been another episode of Women Wealth and Entrepreneurship. Thank you.
1: Thank you.